Hello everybody, this is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, hello, everybody. My name's Chesney. I'm the family ministry pastor here at SEC, and I am so glad that you are here today, especially if you're a first-time guest. We are just delighted that you are with us. Well, I love movies. I don't know if you guys do, um, but I love going to get to see movies, and I don't get to go see them as much now because two years ago, we adopted, Danny, my husband, and I adopted a little boy named Drew, and so he's about a 15-minute show kind of guy. Do any parents know what I mean by that? And so uh, we've not been really together since uh, he's kind of come into our life. Uh, But I think that maybe since we've celebrated his second birthday this past week, that maybe we're getting close to a time where he could go and sit with us through a movie. I think right now it would just be a waste of money. Do you all agree? That would just probably, okay, just getting a little parent advice before we go on. Well, these little minions that we've just previewed are looking for a leader. And they are wandering through uh, decades of time, kind of time traveling, to see what leader they can come up with to lead them. And while they're looking, they're a bit aimless. They get a bit depressed because the times are uncertain for them. Now, I don't know about you, but many times when I'm going through situations in my life that seems uncertain, I can get a little depressed. I can get a little aimless. I can get a little restless at the least of my emotions, right? And so sometimes when we are in uncertain times, uh, we may experience some of these emotions as well. As I mentioned, we adopted Drew just two years ago, and um, about a month before we were going to uh, be a part of the birth, and uh, we got to meet his birth parents. We had been talking with them on the phone a bit, and so we were excited to get to meet them face to face. And so we drove down and got to meet them for lunch. Our um, social worker had ironically set up a meeting with them at a courthouse cafeteria. Now, if you knew our birth parents, you would understand that they were familiar, unfortunately, with this type of atmosphere. And so they had frequented the courthouse a few times before. And so we had a great lunch, and we got to talk about uh, their situation, their life, and where they were, and how excited we were to be able to uh, go through this adoption process with them. But as we were leaving, we saw them walking. And of course, we were driving out of the parking lot, and we wondered where they were walking to. And as we kind of just hung back and watched, we saw them get to a bus stop. And they sat at the bus stop, and they waited on their transportation. And my heart kind of dropped. And I thought, this child that... This mother's carrying, it's Florida, and it's June, and it's hot. And she's carrying this child that we hope to adopt in a month, um, pregnant with him. And it was uncertain. It was scary. What were they going through? What kind of things were they having to experience on a day-to-day basis? And so I don't know about you, but 
times like that, it, it makes me nervous. I get anxiety and I get scared and, and I don't know what to do. I pray and sometimes I get a, seems like maybe God's there and, and sometimes it feels like he's so distant. And I'm sure that you've experienced that as well. There is a great account in Scripture, in Genesis, chapters 37 through 50, over about 12 or 13 chapters there, about a boy and then a man named Joseph. Joseph was described as a dreamer. He actually had dreams about his future. And he would sometimes share these with his brothers. One of the dreams he had was that his brothers were bowing down to him. And they did not take to that too lightly. I mean, how many of you older siblings would want to hear about your younger brother or sister saying that one day you're going to bow down to them? No way. And so Joseph would share these types of things and his brothers began to not only dislike him, but despise him. And it didn't help that their father Jacob favored him over them, obvious. He actually made Joseph a coat of, of many colors. You may have read about that when you were a little kid in the story. And I'm sure he wore it with pride in front of his brothers. Well, one day they were out working and all of a sudden they see Joseph approaching and they say, oh, here comes the dreamer. I'm sure sarcastically they said that. And as Joseph approached, they began to scheme about how they could kill him. They thought about that they would put him in a pit. And when he came, they actually did that. And they thought they would leave him there to die. But as they began to talk, they thought that may not be the best decision. And so conveniently, they see a caravan coming. And they decide to sell Joseph off to this group of people. They take off Joseph's outer cloak, maybe they put blood on it, and they take it home to tell his father that he had been killed by a wild animal. Joseph, meanwhile, is being bought off by a man named Potiphar, who is the captain of the king's guard. I mean, how could this happen? How could your family be so unfaithful to you to sell you off? And you find yourself among strangers now in a strange land. Well, I want you to understand today that when times are uncertain in your life, when you don't know what to do, when times are uncertain, the priority is to follow God more closely than ever before. When you just don't know what to do, your main goal, your main job is to follow God more closely than ever before. I believe that there are some outcomes to our benefit when we do that. I think there's some things that will happen in our life that will allow God to work out the miracle that we've been waiting on if we'll follow Him more closely than ever before, even if it seems He's so distant. Have you been there? You may have been praying for a child's heart to turn. And it's still difficult. You may have been praying for your spouse to change because you just don't feel like you can be in this situation anymore. And it's still difficult. You may be single here today and you're 
wanting God to bring someone special into your life and still you're not, you've not heard from him. What is God doing in the meantime? What do we do in the meantime? When times are uncertain, the priority is to follow God more closely than ever before. What is the first outcome? I believe that the first outcome when we do this is that we follow close to God for success. We follow close to God for success. Let's look at what happened to Joseph while he was serving Potiphar. In Genesis 39, 2-3, the Bible says this, The Lord was with Joseph, so he what? In everything he did, as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him what? In everything he did. Isn't that amazing? Potiphar put Joseph in charge of everything. He didn't have to worry about anything. Because Joseph was a fantastic assistant to have in your house. Potiphar saw that God was with Joseph wherever he went. And he wanted the benefit of that in his own house. So he put Joseph in charge. This is very key in understanding that in the trenches of our problem, it's very difficult to see God moving, isn't it? When you're in the midst of your storm, it's very difficult to see what is God doing. And many times, the people on the outside that maybe are your encouragers, that maybe are your Christian friends, that maybe are your connect group, your church, they see kind of God's hand guiding. And Potiphar saw this. And he was encouraged by this. Just a couple of weeks ago, I found myself being encouraged by someone that was in the middle of their greatest life's battle. I was in the hospital and I was visiting a lady named Denise Pilgrim, a member here at SEC that many of you have, maybe if you're a member, you've received emails about her situation. I walked in and I almost didn't even recognize her. Frail, about 80 pounds, in terminal liver failure. But the biggest smile and the biggest light in her eyes that I've ever seen, she was so glad to see me. And she began to talk to me, and she began to tell me that even though she had chosen to go home and she had chosen to, to receive hospice care into her home, that she didn't see any other way. This was the right thing for her, and she felt peace about it. She began to tell me how she was so excited to see Jesus. And she was so ready to go home. And she looked at me and she said, My friend who brought me to this church, this church and God saved my life. How could a person that was dying have that much peace in their heart? And give that much joy to other people. Denise knew where she was going. And she said, today I'm going home. I'm going to see my pets. I'm going to be able to be with my husband. Tomorrow we're having family come in. I'm so excited. And when I go to sleep, I don't want people to wake me up. Because it might be the opportunity that I get to meet Jesus. On July 2nd, Denise went home to be with Jesus. 
And she found ultimate success. She met her master. She met her maker. And she's whole today. And because of many of you showing love, Denise is with Jesus. She found success. When times are uncertain, the priority is to follow God more closely than ever before. I want you to look on your outline. There's a verse there, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's our memory verse for the week. You may already know this, but I'd challenge you if you don't to please put this to memory once more in your heart. It says this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to draw a line, if you will, underneath. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. That last sentence, would you underline that? And then do me another favor. Draw a vertical line, up and down, between the word Him and the word and. Let's separate this last part into two parts. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. What is my job in that situation? What is my job in that verse? My job is to stand on the left side of that verse. In all my ways, acknowledge Him. When I'm going through situations, I'm to acknowledge Him through worship. When I'm going through uncertainties, I'm to acknowledge Him through reading God's Word. When I'm going through situations, I'm to acknowledge Him through prayer. When I'm going through situations, I'm to acknowledge Him through going to my connection and coming to church for worship. And then what happens? God does his part. In all my ways I acknowledge him and then he shall direct my paths. See, Joseph was not guided by the circumstances in his life. He was guided by the God he served. And today, that can be your situation. I want you to turn your connection card over for me, if you would, and say, Chesney, I'll do my best to put that memory verse in my heart this week. I'll memorize Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I know that'll be a verse that will carry you all throughout your life. Well, you would think that Joseph would have had all the trouble that one could take, but that was not the case. The Bible describes Joseph as well-built and handsome, ladies. And so Joseph was being chased around the palace by Potiphar's wife because of this. We're going to call her Potiphar. The Bible doesn't say her name, but Miss Potiphar was chasing Joseph. The Bible says, not just sometimes, but day after day after day, she pursued him. What was a guy to do? He told her, he said, this would be a sin against my master. It would be a sin against the God that I serve. And I will not do this. One day, Joseph found himself in a room by himself with Potiphar. And once again, she's pursuing him again. It was so bad this day that Joseph literally fled the room. Now, there's a sermon there on temptation. Amen? 
When you're in a situation that you are being tempted by something, the very least that you can do is run. Amen? Joseph ran. He ran right out of his cloak, the Bible says. She grabbed it. And again, that cloak is getting him in trouble. She brings the guards in, maybe because she's embarrassed, maybe because she's mad. At the least, she's angry, and she tells them, look what this man tried to do. He tried to rape me. I have his cloak. You have got to be kidding. Joseph is falsely accused. Now Potiphar believes his wife and is put into prison. What in the world is going on in this poor guy's life? Have you ever been there? Where time after time something is happening to cause you pain. Well, I think the second outcome that we can have in our life, if we do what Joseph did, is that number two, we can follow close to God to experience His faithful love. Follow close to God to experience His faithful love. Joseph's family had been unfaithful to him. His master had been unfaithful to him. But look at Genesis 39, 21, and 23. But the Lord. Would you underline that? That is so key. That is so important. When you feel forgotten, but the Lord. When you feel falsely accused, but the Lord. When you feel like you've been overlooked, underappreciated, but the Lord. Look at this. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his what? Faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did again to what? To what? Succeed. God just didn't show Joseph any kind of love. He showed him a faithful love. An unwavering love. An unconditional love that's there when everyone else is gone. The Lord made Joseph a favorite with the warden. He made everything he did succeed. He made everything he touched go well. The prison warden, like Potiphar, didn't have to worry about everything running smoothly. Joseph made sure that that was taken care of. He was faithful no matter what. Something interesting happened while Joseph was in prison. The king got frustrated with his cupbearer and with his head baker. Now we learned a few weeks ago that a cupbearer is a person that tests the king's wine to make sure it's not poison. How would you like to have that job? And so while they're there, they have a dream, each of them. And Joseph, being kind of an expert with dreams, is able to interpret. And he tells the cupbearer, and he tells the head baker, cupbearer, you are going to be reinstated with the king in just three days. But unfortunately for you, head baker, you are going to die. And it was a pretty gross death. You can look that up. Well, it happened just as Joseph said. And when the cupbearer was headed back to see the king to be reinstated. Joseph pled with him, please, please remember me when you go back to the king. Please tell him that I've been falsely accused of a crime that I didn't commit. Please remember me. 
Unfortunately, the Bible tells us in Genesis 40 and 23 that the cupbearer forgot all about Joseph and never gave him another thought. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been forgotten about, overlooked? The Bible says that two years later, two years, Joseph is still in prison. And now the king has had a dream. And two years later, the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph. And he said, King, there was this guy in prison when I was there, and he interpreted my dream. I think he could help you. So they summon for Joseph to come. He gets all cleaned up. He goes to see the king. He listens to the king's dream. And he says, King, I know what God is trying to tell you. He says there's going to be seven years of prosperity in the land, and there's going to be seven years of famine. And he says, King, if I were you, my advice would be to put a very wise person over this process so that when famine comes, that the people will have food they need to eat. And the king says, Joseph, you are exactly right. In fact, the person that I'm going to put in charge is you. Wow. Has Joseph just went from the pit to the prison, now to the palace? Has that just happened? I tell you, when you feel forgotten, God remembers. And God doesn't just remember, He remembers big. Two weeks ago, I was standing up in kids' place as the parents were coming to check their kids out. I was talking to the parents. And a grandmother walked up to me and she said, with tears in her eyes, she said, you know that I'm raising my grandson. And his birthday was last week. And she said, he was waiting by the phone all day for his biological father and his biological brother to call, and neither of them ever did. She said, I sent him out to the mailbox to get the mail, and he came in with a card addressed to him. And he opened it up, and he he ran up to his grandmother, and he said, Grandma, look at all the people, all the volunteers from Kids Place that signed my birthday card. They remembered. I want to tell you today, when God remembers, He remembers big. You are not forgotten. And maybe today you want to be among people that will remember you and encourage you. And I tell you that one way that you can do that is that you can take our class next Sunday. It's called Discovering SCC. It's all about us and how to be a family with us. And we would love for you to come and check that out. And if you would like to do that, just check that on your card. But if you're here with me today and you say, Chesney, I want to take a next step with you today. I will choose to follow God more closely in uncertain times. Can you do that with me today? Because I want to tell you, if you're not in uncertain times right now, you're going to be. And you're going to remember me saying, when times are uncertain, the priority, even though you don't feel like it, even though you don't see it, is to follow God more closely than ever before. So will you make that commitment along with me today. Look at what God promises to us in Psalm 33 and 18. He says, The Lord watches over His followers. 
Those who wait for him to show us what? He's waiting to show it to you. He's just waiting. Give God time to show his faithful love to you. It's going to be there for you. And it's amazing to think that what if Joseph had given up? What if he had abandoned God's plan and said, I can't take this anymore, and we almost couldn't blame him? It felt like God was never at the wheel of all this chaos that was going on, but he was. And he remembered Joseph in ways that we are still talking about today. Don't give up. Give God time to show you his faithful love. The third outcome I think that we can count on is number three, follow close to God to realize your life's purpose. Follow close to God to realize your life's purpose. Meanwhile, now the famine is raging. Joseph's brothers, the one that sold him into slavery, now they are getting hungry in their homeland. And their dad has told them to go to Egypt and to buy food, to buy grain. Well, they weren't aware that Joseph was now over the buying and the selling of the grain. And as Joseph saw them approaching, he recognized them, but they didn't recognize him. They actually bowed down to him and asked for grain. Remember that dream he had years ago? Joseph actually gives them grain, but not without some tests. In fact, he pretends to think they're spies and puts them in prison a couple of days. I mean, who can blame the guy, right? Got to get a little bit back at them. After a few more tests and sending them back and forth to Egypt to retrieve some of their family members, Joseph reveals himself. And the Bible says that on two occasions he actually had to leave his brothers because he was overcome with weeping. And I think it was because he began to see the big picture. When Joseph revealed himself, they were afraid. They thought, is he going to kill us? Is he just going to let us starve? Could he torture us? Could he do all these things to us that we've done to him? And of course, Joseph had the power to do that. But in Genesis 45 and in Genesis 50, we find out what Joseph did. And he said to them, but don't be upset. And don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. And then in chapter 50, he says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for what? He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Wow, talk about life purpose. Joseph was faithful as a slave. Joseph was faithful when he was in uh, jail serving uh, as a, a warden when he was falsely accused. He was faithful as he was serving Potiphar. He was faithful as a wounded brother. Joseph was faithful. And he began to realize his life's purpose. Why? Because when times are uncertain, the priority is to follow God more closely than ever before. Joseph didn't see himself as a victim, did he? He saw himself as a player. He saw himself with a leading role, ready to do what God wanted him to do. 
in the Minion movie, you'll find at the end that the Minions are trying to save themselves from annihilation because they have chosen a really bad leader. And if we look in Joseph's life, we see that he has saved the people from starvation. He has saved his family from starvation. He has preserved the family line that would bring Jesus to the forefront in order that Jesus might what? Save the world. What a life purpose. What a significance. God is just waiting. He's waiting for you just to remain faithful. And he's going to bring your life purpose to the forefront as well. I have to say this. And I find this as I watch people's lives and as I watch my own life. That most of the time our life purpose comes out of our most difficult circumstances. Your life's testimony will come out of your most difficult circumstance. God never wastes a hurt. Ever. And he will use that to help you and propel you forward. Today, maybe you're here and you say, Chesney, I I get what you're saying and I want all that. What do I do? You need to ask Jesus to be the Savior of your life. And we made it very simple for you. Inside your program, there's a prayer to become a Christ follower. And I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you that right where you are in your seat, that as I read this prayer, you would just read this in your mind and you would say, yes, God, that's me. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you read that today and you meant it with all your heart, the only thing that I do ask that you do before you leave today is that you would check the box at the top of this card on the back that says, I'm choosing today to become a follower of Christ. So that we can send you some stuff in the mail to help you on your journey. So that we can pray for you. Can I tell you today that the circumstances of your life, whether they're bad getting bad, getting worse, whatever that means, it doesn't prove that God's not there. He's working. He's working. We just don't know His perspective. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to go to New York City. I've got to visit there three or four times. And I'm just amazed by all the activity on the ground. Especially in the wintertime when it's cold, people are moving so fast because it is so cold. They're bundled up. They're trying to get from point A to point B. There's cabs. There's subways. There's buses. It's just so busy. I've also had the chance to stand atop the Empire State Building. And up there, I would look down. And I would see that same activity going on. But it seemed to be in perfect harmony and in peace. All the streets, the grid lines marked out and engineered just so precisely so that people could get where they need to go. No noise, just peace. And I have to think that when God looks down at our chaotic circumstances at times, that He just sees peace. Why? Because He has a greater perspective. And He has a great purpose and you just can't see on the other side of the wall. And if you could, you would understand. Cheryl, we are so 
glad that you invited Denise to church. Because just to look at July 2nd would have been a terrible day when she passed away. But because Cheryl made the invitation and invited her friend, today is a beautiful day for Denise. God's perspective, it's different. We're unsure, but He is sure. When time is uncertain, the priority is to follow God more closely than ever before. I hope that you'll choose to do that today. Would you stand? There'll be prayer partners here as we begin this song. If there's someone that you would like to pray with one-on-one, they're here for you for any situation that you may face. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity to be with our church family today. Lord, we thank you for all the guests that are here. For those that are here for the first time, I just pray for them, Lord, and for any person that may be facing situations that are uncertain. God, make them aware of your presence today. We know you're with us, but make us aware. God, we thank you, Lord, that when we look around and situations seem so dire, they seem so grim. Lord, we realize and discover that you are all we have. And then we realize that you are all we need. Jesus, you are enough. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdaws at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week and join us again soon.